Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to this week's Toonami Pre-Flight, where we're chock full of goodies, top to bottom. As always. You seem especially fired up today. Yeah, always am. Amped for it. another pre-flight. Yep, let's talk families, baby. Today we're talking, you spoiled it already. Who gives a shit? <laughs> won't, we, won't it be spoiled by the post that puts this up? Fair point. You and your spoilers. Gil's very worried about spoilers. Do you still walk out of theaters when it's a trailer that no, you... That was a younger man's game. <laughs> Gil, famously, at least among That was really only for... Star Wars. The, yeah. The, the original Phantom Menace yeah. the, the trailer. He walked out of the theater rather than... I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. Um, thus, he was ill-prepared for what happened. No, my roommate at the time, right before we went in, just said, I can't believe he dies at the end. And I was like, what the fuck? He's like, I didn't tell you who. So the whole time I'm sitting there like, fuck. But no, I don't care about it as much anymore. Gotcha. Really just in general, but specifically about. Gotcha. Generally speaking, I don't want to see things ahead of time, but it doesn't uh-huh. ruin it for me. It never really did. So but in other words, you grew up. Yeah, that's what I said. It's a younger man's game. Yeah. Cool. Closed um, off yet another door of emotion. So, <laughs> so well, let's talk about today's. Uh, I wonder if you learned that through family. If you, you were that way because of a little ham fisted we segue there. I know. But no, today we're going to talk very about lovingly raised. our favorite uh, Hi, Mom. films about family. Um, I don't think my dad. Too lovingly raised. You weren't fucking smacked around enough, obviously. Um, smacked around a little bit. It was the 70s. Not enough. Uh, so let's talk about. Uh, first, we're going to talk about. Uh, the movie, the Ghibli film, My Neighbors, the Yamadas, which is uh, directed by Isao Takahata, who is the um, second main director in the Studio Ghibli stable, along with uh, Miyazaki. He's older than Miyazaki. He was actually more of like a mentor figure, but they ended up forming this studio together, and they have each released... Their normal pattern was basically a Miyazaki film, a Takahata film, a Miyazaki film, a Takahata film, and then sometimes... A smaller film in between those with different, a different rotating cast of directors. But those are the two constants, and those are the main, and the two like genius yeah, directors. Um, um, so this movie is a lot about family. So we thought it made sense to then talk about other movies about family, especially because we just done animated anthologies a couple weeks yeah. ago. Um, so this really isn't an animated anthology, though. It's a vignette movie but that seemed I mean, even more it's all in one style and it's all about the same family it's just it's arguably a bunch of short stories but i think anthology usually means more than one different kind style of story of... um we should look it up but um so my neighbors the yamadas is actually based on a very popular comic strip in uh, japan in japan their sunday comics are sort of four panels that are vertical um and so this is a weekly comic strip about a family called the Yamadas and sort of it's a mom, a dad, uh, a brother and sister and a dog and then a grandma and they all live together. And basically the the um, comic is more about really focuses more on the young girl. The movie kind of focuses on the whole family, um, but it's been going for like 20 years or something ridiculous. So the movie kind of collects some of the best vignettes of these little stories about this family and just sort of takes you through a whole bunch of different events that happen in the family but they're all universally like low key yeah it's mu- very much about like they Daily all life. yeah like they all love family. each other it's probably like i guess i guess a good without the christian element it's somewhat like a japanese family circus like yeah. but, better, but better not not shitty yeah but it's it's very much i was thinking a less shitty family circus, <laughs> yeah. but then that felt like unnecessarily. It's a, 
It's like for better or worse. If you've read that, it's uh, laughter is the best (laughs) best medicine. Um, But anyway, uh, so it's very much about the stories are very low stakes. It's like mom and dad are fighting over the TV remote. Uh, Grandma wants to go to the store and is bugging the daughter to go with her. Like. They're just little, and they're all like five minutes or less. Like they're just most of them are. Yeah, and they're broken out. They get like a little. They get like a little title card, and it's just like how you see this family go through these daily events as a family, like their dynamic. Um, But it's very sweet and it's super relaxing. It's kind of like one of those. What do they call those? ASMR, AMRS, those YouTube videos that are. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of like one of those for me. It's like I put it on and. It makes me sleepy because I just feel relaxed and like nothing bad's going to happen and then I get sleepy. Um, but the funny thing is that this was the first fully digital Studio Ghibli movie, even though it looks super yeah, hand-drawn. most hand-drawn. <laughs> I know. In order to achieve this watercolor effect that Takahata wanted, they had to go fully digital for the first time. So this is the very first um, fully digital Studio Ghibli film, and it was a very expensive to make at the time. Um, it also is one of the more obscure Ghibli films, probably because it doesn't have like the a plucky heroine who's got to save it the world. Look, the stakes are low, and the, it looks like a little cute comic. Yeah. And it's like, you know, even finding looking online for footage or the trailer was hard to find. And for most Studio Ghibli movies, you can find that have been released in the U.S you can find sort of anything. This is out on Blu-ray. There's a good English dub. Um, Jim Belushi plays the dad. And, like, it's very well done. It's like you could easily watch the dub. um, But the sub is very good, too. So I found a minute-long official trailer that's subtitled, and that's, like, the best thing I could find. So let's watch that, and we can talk a bit more about it. And it's a weird movie because it's not really for kids, but it's also very cute and cutesy. Yeah, and a little goofy. Um, but uh, I just love it. I really love the grandma, the like kind of crabby grandma, and I love the dad because he's just a typical dumbass dad, and I know a lot about that. Um, it speaks to you being a dumbass dad. Yeah. Um, and it was what year? What year did it come out? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. So. Um, you know, Takahata, unlike Miyazaki, uh, Miyazaki's movies always kind of have the same visual style for the most part. Takahata likes to experiment way more with visuals, and his movies will look strikingly different from film to film. He kind of comes up with a new look that he thinks best serves the story. Um, it's an equally great approach, um, but just different from Miyazaki's approach. Um when did you last watch it? I mean, obviously you watch it for this. But, um, I, when they came out with all the DVD re-releases, yeah. like pre prior to the Blu-ray yeah. Ghibli ones, so five, seven years ago or something like when that. When they did like Pompoco and yeah. all those other ones. Yeah. Um, and then I just rewatched it again, but that was like when I... If we, I probably wouldn't watch it if we weren't talking about it. Would yeah. you say this family resembles in any way your childhood? Uh, not. I mean, we're not Japanese, and what? I don't have a sister. Um, what? And my grandmother didn't live with us. Uh, you were the sister, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it is the universal family stories of like. Well, will you take not out the real? Trash, yeah, yeah, like you know, like, just sort of like uh, like general fucking it upness of any sort of. <laughs> family and i think it's fun um the one where the sister gets left at the mall yeah feels like a seinfeld episode but way sweeter but it's just sort of like 
any kind of Simpsons totally. family, like universal, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I could. And there's, what, 30 of them? So, I mean, yeah. when there's one that you're like, eh, just wait a second. And I, yeah, I could watch this every week. Like, if this was a show, low stakes, just could easily. Maybe we should call up Takahata and see if he's see, you want to do an, an, an adult swim micro series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, My Neighbors the Yamada is probably his one of his least known and least lauded movies. I mean, almost all of his other movies. It's have... weird. People don't like this movie. And I don't. I guess it's that it's. People think that a Ghibli movie should be so much. There should be more, so much more at stake. Yeah. But looking it up online, everyone's like, yeah, this is. And not the sort of like, well, if you had to categorize them, this would probably be my least. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, I never really like this one. Yeah, because it's it's the ultimate like slice of life movie. Yeah. Like literally, nothing happens other than little day to day stuff. And I think there's some people just aren't down with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is you know fair. Sure, most people like things to happen in movies. Um, so going off of that, we decided to talk about some of our favorite movies about families. So what's your favorite family-themed movie? We were trying to avoid saying family movie because then people would just do kids', kids movies. movies. We mean movies that are in some way largely about a family or families. Or families. Right, yeah. Um, I already I beat you to I the punch. Anything. I already beat you to the punch. Um, Jason yelled out the other day, what are we doing? And when I told him, I should have said, and dibs on Jason's first movie. My, yeah. But I didn't. He didn't say it. So, so fuck him. Fuck me. He was slow to the um, firing line. Um, I don't think that's a sign. So I said, yeah, it is. Um, so the Royal Tannenbaums is my first pick, which is Wes Anderson's... Um, we should have dressed more like we could have Wes Anderson's... We're also way too red for this. <laughs> I know. We're really red as compared to, at least on that monitor, as compared to how yellow everyone else is. We look totally sunburned. Um that hurricane sunburn yeah. so through. this was Wes Anderson's third film came out around the same time as My Neighbors the Yamadas actually um, inspired by I believe <laughs> Wes Anderson's um, and it very much gets into I mean it's a specific type of family dynamic because it's Wes Anderson so it's east coast upper crust family dynamics but there is a lot of overall truisms um, it's, it's a film about a deadbeat dad who wants to spend time with his kids and his ex-wife, or who he hasn't fully divorced, his wife he's been separated from for years. And he concocts a scheme where he convinces everyone that he's dying, so he needs to move back in. And so him moving back in sort of upends the family dynamic that's been happening, and everyone has their own sort of issues and, and stuff going on. Um, but it's it's probably his most... I mean, I guess maybe I've watched Life Aquatic more, but whenever it's on TV, I always end up watching yeah. Royal Tannenbaums. Like, it's on, and I'm like, oh, I'll just, oh, this scene, I'll just watch this scene, and then you just end up watching a good bit of it. I think that's always a test of sort of how well-constructed a movie is, is how much you're willing to just watch it when you weren't planning to. Um, and even though I would say Rushmore is a better movie, I maybe have watched Royal Tannenbaums more because... When Rushmore's on TV, I'm like, no, 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 I just want to see the whole thing together. But when Royal Tannenbaum's is on, I'm like, it's like so many yeah. little vignettes, all, much more, like My Neighbor is the Yamato's. You're like, oh, I'll just and watch And the cast this. is so great. The cast is great. I mean, the center character of Royal, played by Gene Hackman, is an amazing performance and an amazing character that's just totally hilarious and awesome. I remember so, looking it up one time when I was watching it to see something... And evidently Gene Hackman was hesitant to take this role because I guess he was a shitty father. Yeah. And so his kids were like, no, it's cool. We've, we've made a peace yeah, with Yeah, we're, like, we're okay you, that you were, you were a dickhead for a long time, Gene. Um, and he has since retired from acting. Um, but this was one of his last sort of major roles, and he was amazing in it. And everyone does a very good job, but he's a, a standout. Um, so let's look at the trailer. I mean, probably anyone who gives a shit about Wes Anderson has already seen this movie. But if you're a young person and you haven't, uh, this is a pretty great and hilarious movie about family. So here's the trailer. There were three extraordinary children in the Tenenbaum family. I said sell it, yeah. Chaz Tenenbaum was a financial expert and started buying real estate in his early teens. Margot Tenenbaum was an acclaimed playwright and won a Pulitzer Prize in the ninth grade. 
Richie Tenenbaum was a champion tennis player ranked second in the world by age 17. They were brilliant. They were famous. They were unlucky enough to be the children of a man named Royal Tenenbaum. Are you getting divorced? It doesn't look good. Was that our fault? Obviously, we made certain sacrifices as a result of having children, but uh, no, Lord, no. Thank you, Pagoda. Well, I'm on my way. Now, for the first time in 22 years... I hear you're dying. Ooh, how long are you going to last? A month, a year. I've got six weeks to set things right. <laughs> They're all living together under the same roof, in harmony. I love you more than anything. Oh, oh, oh. Somebody be a jerk their whole life and try to repair the damage? You probably don't even know my middle name. That's a trick question. You don't have one. Helen. Mm. Yeah, pretty Good shit. pretty pretty great and probably uh the last time I like Gwyneth Paltrow in anything, I would I would think. Yeah, let's look it up real fast, but I would say that's pretty fair. <laughs> maybe Ben in Stiller. Life. Maybe Ben Stiller too. I like him in Dodgeball. Um Oh yeah, he was funny in dodgeball. Um, so that's my first. Um, nothing like my family, other than I grew up on the East Coast. But yeah, for a still kid has, from Texas, he's really obsessed with East Coast yeah. upper crust. Yeah, um, and fall in New York. Um, oh, uh, Pepper Potts and Spider Man. Oh yeah, oh, solid. Yeah. Um, so my next choice is another. I would say pretty obvious one, uh, but it had to be included, and that is, of course. The all-time 1983 classic, A Christmas Story. Um, weirdly enough, the uh, writer-director of this film did a whole bunch of like he's his 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 uh, filmography, filmography is so crazily diverse. He did Black Christmas, which is a proto slasher movie, like one of the first slasher movies that he wrote and directed. He did. Uh, Porky's and Porky's 2. He then did a bunch of Oscar-nominated movies in a row with, like, Jack Lemmon was nominated for Best Actor, like, all these movies. Then he went... So after those movies, he did the Porky's movies. Then after the Porky's movies, he did kids' movies. So he's responsible that for... That transition is the... the seemingly the, Where it's like, you know who we need for this kids' movie is the guy the who... The guy who did Porky's, Porky's and Porky's 2. Um, so then he did... Baby Geniuses, which is considered one of the most worst movies ever made, wrote and directed it, and Baby Geniuses too. Well, I mean, he had more story to tell. Um, so it's crazy. He has had such a long career of like all just doing whatever the hell, taking the fucking check. Whim. I mean, they're all written and directed by him. So he's like, I got an idea. <laughs> I'm going to do this thing. So he's a hell of a pitcher. It seems. Christmas like. Story when it came out was not a big hit. It took. It wasn't a flop either. It just kind of did eh. But then when it hit TV and home video, it snowballed and became sort of one of those Christmas classics that people watch every year to the point where TBS still has their mm -hmm. 24 hours of a Christmas story marathon. It was best when TBS would do that and TNT would do Scrooge and you could ping pong back and forth. <laughs> and but still USA, stay within the Turner Network. USA would do Star Wars. You do all yeah. the um, So uh, the Christmas story is basically based on his recollections uh, of his childhood along with a bunch of fictionalized stories but it has a bunch of very true feeling family dynamics more in the I think when I watch it I think of Darren McGavin's dad and how what a weirdo he is and his specific things that he has things that he gets excited or angry about and I think that to me feels really true to life in terms of your family all of the members of your family have specific foibles and things that they get mad about or things that you tease them about 
um, or things that they really love that don't make sense to anyone, and you just sort of go, ah, that's my dad, yeah. or, you know, like, what, not in my case, but in the, sure. you know, like you say, oh, that's just my mom's a weirdo like that. She loves crossword puzzles or whatever that is. So uh, I think a lot of the humor in the film comes out of that as well as the coming-of-age story that feels like any of us who were a nerdy kid who got bullied, you know, that feels like there's some truth in there. Um, so let's check out uh, the trailer for Christmas Story. In this modern age, Perfect. too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Mom! Hush! Shut up, Ralphie! So now... In the spirit of the original. Made you stop. Tradition. American Christmas. Thanks a lot. MGM presents a Christmas story. Ah! Santa's beard. And unwraps the secrets. Did I get a tie this year? Of the original, traditional. He looks like a deranged Easter bunny. 100% two fisted, red blooded. It's smiling at me. All American Christmas. A Christmas story. So that's Bob Clark. Nicely done, Bob. The work of Bob Clark, a man with a very a strange mind. Um, so, of course, that's a classic uh, that most people will find themselves watching at some point over the holidays. And then finally, uh, it, really a movie that when it came out wasn't considered a, a classic or anything, but people from uh, the younger generation, from you know, younger than my generation, remember it very fondly along with other movies that I don't like but I like this one uh, and that's, <laughs> it's like that's, that's pick called, a movie you don't like that's, and it is of course 1991's The Addams Family um, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld who was previously best known as the um, cinematographer for the Coen Brothers he was there uh, he, he did their first couple of movies he did Blood Simple, Raising Arizona and um couple other ones and then he moved on and became a director on his own and achieved his biggest success with Men in Black um, and Get Shorty probably but what led him up to those movies were these two Adams Family movies, The Adams Family and The, and the Adams Family Values which came out a year later um, and it's just a it's just a good like the Adams Family, I didn't realize until I researched this, Adams Family came from a comic strip, I didn't know, oh, that. I didn't know that came from like a 1930s comic strip that was popular about this weird family who were didn't really care that anyone thought they were weirdos it was but it was very much in the style of um they didn't have uncle fester or cousin it but but they had the basic gomez and morticia and and wednesday and you know but they're just weird they're just they're weird and goth i mean are a lot like arguably this is one of the early goth like in terms of pop culture this is like a pretty popular goth family you know um and then the tv show that came out in the 60s was uh a sitcom and ran for a number of years and they added characters like uncle fester and cousin it and it ran at the same time as the munsters and it was sort of um you know 
the Munsters competition at the time. So they were reviving it really for the third time with this. Um, but it ends up being a really good movie about family and about, I mean, because the main bulk of the story involves Christopher Lloyd's Uncle Fester being uh, estranged from his brother Gomez, played by Raul Julia. And uh, they haven't seen each other in 25 years. And Uncle Fester has f- forgotten who he is. And so their mom, who's evil, has a plan to sort of steal Gomez's money using Uncle Fester, who thinks he's someone else. It's a complicated story. But it's now, layered. Ironically, the movie was supposed to n- have Uncle Fester end up being a total imposter, not the real brother, just someone who had brainwashed. And the actors, led by Christina Ricci, who was 10 at the time, the actors rebelled and all, using her as their representative, she went and talked to Barry Sonnenfeld and the screenwriter and was like, you can't have it not be really his brother. Like, it's, it has to be, there's no payoff if it's not really his brother. You can't say no to a little girl. I mean, I think I mean, it's... and Barry Sonnenfeld was like, she was right. She was 10 and she knew more about it than I did. So here is the trailer for uh, The Addams Family. We've attempted to contact Fester in the great beyond, and for 25 years, nothing. I'm beginning to think my brother truly is lost. Now, what about the gold? They got this fool. You shave your head, we dress you up. No problem. They'll think he's Fester, the long-lost brother. I hope so, Mr. Alford, for your sake. It's foolproof. It had better be. Dance for our treasured guest of honor, Fester Adams. A new chapter. Scats. Do you think that's really Uncle Fester? <laughs> They're on to me, Mother. I'm almost sure. They're not your family, Gordon. I am. They don't love you. I do. They're evil. <laughs> and corrupt. And degraded. I can give you that. Is this made from real lemons? Yes. I'll buy a cup if you buy a box of my delicious Girl Scout cookies. Are they made from real Girl Scouts? I'm so good at cutting trailers in 1991. No, that sucked. I but, like the title treatment of the yeah, just, family falling out of the cauldron. Yeah. Um, but uh, a fun movie, and the sequel is actually pretty good, too. So, um, Except for the the MC Hammer song that, that was on the The 90s soundtrack. were a difficult time. Yeah, it was a difficult time. Uh, first for me is 2009's Wes Anderson, Fantastic Mr. Fox, based on the Roald Dahl book. Um, I don't think I just picked this because I didn't pick Royal Tenenbaums. I think this actually is a good... Liar. I said I don't think. You can't tell me I'm, my feelings are wrong. You're not talking about your feelings. You said I don't think. That's not a feeling. It's a thought. I can tell you your thought's wrong. It's wrong. Okay. Um, you don't we, like this I, movie? I was there. I love this movie. No, well then fuck you. But I, um, I wouldn't say it was... Well, anyway, go ahead. Let's watch the Whackbat scene. And see <laughs> what it's like to grow up in the shadow of a... Uh, overbearing father? See some hustle. Coach, we don't have whack bat where I'm from. What are the rules? There's no whack bat on the other side of the river? No, we mostly just uh, run grass sprints or play acorns. Huh. Well, it's real simple. Basically, there's three grabbers, three taggers, five twig runners, and the player at whack bat. Center tagger lights a pine cone, chucks it over the basket, and the whack batter tries to hit the cedar stick off the cross rock. Then the twig runners dash back and forth until the pine cone burns out and the umpire calls hot box. Finally, at the end, you count up however many score downs it adds up to and divide that by nine. Got it. Go in for ash. Substitution! Ash, come out! You need a breather! What? Come out? What? I still feel good, coach. Let me finish this eighth. No, no, come on. Step out. Step out. Let's go. Am I getting better, coach? Well, you're sure as cuss not getting any worse. Really? 
You mean you think I can end up being as good as my dad if I keep practicing? Your dad? Your dad was probably the best whack bat player we ever had in this school. No, you don't want to have to compare yourself to that. No, but I think I have some of the same raw natural talent, don't you? You're improving. Let's put it like that. this kid's ever swung a whack bat? He really is your father's nephew, isn't he? Not by blood. No? He's from my mother's side. Oh, yeah. What's that stand for? Huh? It's for, uh, it's for Pep. Pep. It's a K. Come on now. Look alive. boy. We're going steady. <sighs> Jason Sportsman, great as his father's son coming to terms with, uh, a dad who may love the cousin a little more than his son, at least. His dad who's full of shit, kind of. That's really the thing. Yeah. Um, but I like... George Clooney's pretty great as the father trying to reclaim his glory days and uh, going on madcap adventures. At the time, I guess probably still, Wes, there was a lot of flack that Wes Anderson was taking too much credit for this movie since he's not really a stop-motion director in any way. Um, yeah, he co-directed it, but yeah. but when you watch the movie, it's, it's so clearly a Wes Anderson yeah. movie. It's like you'd have to be blind not to see that he his aesthetic is all over it. Like clearly, he was involved in key ways. Uh, yeah, I, I watch it every Thanksgiving. Usually, it's a Thanksgiving movie for me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very family oriented. Uh, I just think it's around the same time as Thanksgiving. And it like, makes you feel like November. Yeah, that's really why and I watch it. You eat with... <laughs> yeah, I eat like they eat in the movie. Um, second for me is Ron Howard's magnum opus, 1989, Parenthood. <laughs> is it his magnum opus? No, I don't think so, but I do like this movie. <laughs> um, and not only because the lead character's name is Gil. That just happens to be Please, that's a the, bonus. That's a huge reason. Um, Steve Martin, as an obviously 35-year-old man um, <laughs> of small children, it's still bananas to me that they... Like, he's like 50 years old when he made this movie, and the whole time they're fronting like No, he's, he was in his early 40s. No, nah, I think old. he was he mid, just, Oh, he has white I think it was forever. mid-40s. Let's look while you're talking okay. about it. But um, this scene that we're going to play... This movie is a lot a multi-generational family. Jason Robards is the grandfather and Steve Martin is the dad and they're having kids and it's they're his siblings and all of them in this one family. Jason Robards is kind of a dick. So this is Jason Robards talking to Steve Martin about Steve Martin's brother who's in trouble for gambling and needs to borrow money from Jason Robards. And Jason Robards starts weirdly they cut this off in the scene, but he starts off by telling by admitting to Steve Martin that he himself was a shitty father, and this is their father-son moment. So let's check it out. Gail, Taylor isn't feeling well. She wants you. That's those hot dogs. I'll deal with Kevin and Justin. Hey, what do you say? Hi, Daddy. What's the matter, honey? You don't feel so good? Mm-mm. You feel like you want to throw up? Okay. <laughs> Gail, oh my God, I'm Taylor, baby. Oh, sweetie, oh. Gil, why are you just standing there? Oh, I'm waiting for her head to spin around. Be all right. I set up the wrong scene, but nice, um, nice dad. The uh, Gil, yeah. your shitty dad, Gil. Yeah, well, I don't have kids, so that's I'm, why. It's probably a good reason for that. Yeah, um, several. I forget. I was looking at a bunch of different scenes. The one I was originally picked felt a little. So many great scenes. Well, it's where he's his son's playing baseball, and he makes him play second base, and he drops the ball. And then he's imagining that he climbs to the top of a tower and starts shooting everybody, which at the time seemed kind of funny. And in hindsight, you like uh, that scene from uh, Six Feet Under. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a a good thing. It's a memory you like to return to, the idea of a guy shooting a bunch of people in a tower. Yeah. And uh, it felt like a little out of place in a family-friendly show such as Toonami Preflight. So (laughs) went with a more traditionally family-oriented I I hate this movie. I never liked it in in the least. Do you like any Ron Howard movie? Oh yeah, Apollo 13's great. Okay. Uh, 
I like a cocoon is awesome. Splash is hilarious. And even his later movies, one or two, like um, Cinderella Man's pretty good. So I don't hate, but he is prone to. He's like the poor man's Spielberg, obviously. Yeah. So like Spielberg, he's prone to crawling up his own super cutesy bullshit. And this movie was sort of a real hard one for me. I do like some of the scenes. The reboot TV series you were going to say? <laughs> Never watched the TV series. I do like some of the scenes in the movie. I just don't. I didn't. Even at the time, I was like. Fuck this. I was 17 and I saw the movie and was like, this bullshit. Like, yes. I, just, <laughs> I also part picked this just because I like picking movies that I know you're not going to like. Oh, cool. That's nice of you. Um, but I decided to end on a bringing the family back together moment. Cool. Uh, and that's The Godfather, Francis Ford Coppola's nice. 1972 masterpiece of adaptation of Mario Puzo's book. Um, the. This just really reminds me a lot. This is pretty much my family growing up. Like it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty yeah. Much wow. To a T. My father was a, originally an olive oil import exporter, yeah. and um, ties to ties to. Do you have an mob. orange grove in your yeah, backyard? Yeah, we did. And uh, killed a lot of people. Took over some businesses. Uh, Weddings were a big thing. This this scene is um, when Michael goes out to Las Vegas and they're making the shift to move the family out. Um, this is the never take sides against the family scene, so let's check it out. You think I'm skimming off the top, Mike? You're unlucky. <laughs> you goddamn guineas really make me laugh. I do you a favor and take Freddie in when you're having a bad time, and then you try to push me out. Wait a minute. You took Freddie in because the Corleone family bankrolled your casino because the Molinari family on the coast guaranteed his safety. Now, we're talking business. Let's talk business. Yeah, let's talk business, Mike. First of all, you're all done. The Coyote family don't even have that kind of muscle anymore. The Godfather is sick, right? You're getting chased out of New York by Bazzini and the other families. What do you think is going on here? You think you can come to my hotel and take over? I talked to Bazzini. I can make a deal with him and still keep my hotel. Is that why you slapped my brother around in public? Oh, no, that, that, that was nothing, Mike. Now, now uh, uh, Mo didn't mean nothing by that. Sure, he flies off the handle once in a while, but, but Mo and me were good friends, right, Mo, huh? I got a business to run. I got to kick asses sometimes to make it run right. We had a little argument, Freddie and I, so I had to straighten him out. You straightened my brother out. He was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Players couldn't get a drink at the table. What's wrong with you? I leave for New York tomorrow. Think about a price. Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. Wait a minute, Mo. Mo, I get an idea. Tom, Tom, you're the conciliary, and you can talk to the Don, you can explain... Just a minute. Don is semi-retired, and Mike is in charge of the family business now. If you have anything to say, say it to Michael. Mike! You don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that! Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Ever. It was a hard day when I had that conversation with my brother, but <laughs> he understood. Your brother? Yeah. Your, your brother, older brother, Alfredo? Yes. <laughs> so those are some of our... Favorite family movies. Before we get into the other ones, what what is there a movie that feels like your family or a TV show that feels similar to your? Like, is there a show or a, or a piece of media that feels similar to your upbringing, your experience? Um, as a young ginger growing up in Atlanta, in a non-ginger behind enemy lines and yeah. a bunch of brown hairs. Yeah. Um, no, not really. That I can. I mean, moments of things like. E.T. riding around like construction Suburbia. site Suburbia. houses yeah. kind of thing like that. But we didn't have an alien come, so it feels like somewhat parallels. You missed that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that 80s kind of just Suburbia. free run of wherever. I mean, I grew up not in the suburbs, but it was that same. There were a bunch of houses being built, and we did whatever the fuck we wanted because right. no one was ever around, sort of latchkey kid style. What about you? 
there are a lot of parts of the Sopranos, not the gangster parts, but there are a lot of the like Goomba, New York, New Jersey, Italian stuff that's very much like true to my experience. Fried green tomatoes is very similar. To <laughs> young uh, steel magnolias to the young Catholic to uh, growing up raised in the north. So let's see what some of your favorite. Um, Family theme movies are so. Of course, Royal Tenenbaums, The Godfather, Step Brothers. I'm, I'm bummed. I didn't think of Step Brothers. Excellent choice. I had The Incredibles on, but I talked about it so many times. But it was still in that. The Adams family. family, all great choices. Solid. Well and done, Adult Swim Facebook. I know. For once, you didn't troll us. And then uh, the Toonami Facebook picks. I think for... we've outlasted the trolls. No one expected us to be. The Adams Family, now. Summer Wars, a yeah. good one. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, Lion King, that makes sense. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. I which... almost did Mrs. Doubtfire Ooh, Parenthood, no. and then I was trying to find a third like schmaltzy. <laughs> that is a <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is a bad movie, man. But yeah, it is about family. Yeah, it is. So uh, bad choice. That Pierce Brosnan is a sharp-looking man. <laughs> He's a damn homewrecker, is what he is. Um, so now let's talk about uh, stuff we have coming up for this Saturday's broadcast of Tsunami. Um, so as per usual, we have a topical for Dragon Ball Super. This is for episode 34. So let's see what's going to be happening on Saturday night at 11. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. He's out! Frost of the Sixth Universe is the winner! Krillin? Yeah. This is your fault! The next contestant to face off against Frost will be... Any hope of winning this? Probably not. Way to soften the blow. Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 11. Underestimating me will prove to be your biggest mistake. And then, uh, and again, that's Saturday night at 11. And then next up, we have a promo for Gundam Iron Blooded Orphan Season 2. Uh, which is going to premiere October 7th at 12.30 a.m. So you guys who asked for um, the other half of Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, your wish is coming true. So hopefully you'll tune in and tell your friends to watch it. And those of you who didn't ask for it, we hope that you'll also We hope that you'll watch it. Um, So let's check out our, our promo for that. As of late, a reliance upon Gallarhorn has fallen. And there's been a global rush to establish independent military forces. Do you really think they intend to go to war? With matters as bad as they are, war might be unavoidable. The members of Tekken don't have any grand ideals or aspirations. We have no foundations or anything to fall back on. The only way we can protect where we belong is by moving forward. For the hunters shall become the hunted. They're moving behind our left flank. All right, fight them all. We're not the only group that considers your band of love starts a nuisance. Take this guy out, Mika. It's the beginning of the end. Damn you, devil! Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans Season Two premieres Saturday, October seventh at twelve thirty a.m. Our victory is at hand. For honor. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Psyched. I'm always happy to have Gundam on Toonami for however long it's on. Um, And then uh, finally, we have a sneak peek of a music video we're going to be running uh, inside the block. Um, It is the premiere of a new song by Igloo Ghost, who is an artist on Brain Feeder, who we've worked with a bunch. That's Flying Lotus's label. Uh, His new album is absolutely incredible, so you should get it if you can. It doesn't really sound like anything else I've heard. And this is the first music video from that album for the song uh, Solar Blade. So let's, uh, let's check out a sneak peek of that.
And again, you can see the whole music video inside Toonami. I'm not sure what break it's going to run in, but probably in the later part of the yeah, somewhere in middle. The, somewhere in the middle. One, one o'clock, probably. Yeah. One um, I, I love that people were getting mad that we showed music videos for a while there. Um, yeah. Fuck them. Seems, seems like a weird thing to be mad about. Um, and then up next, we have a, a report from Dana Swanson, voice of Sarah. She uh, had a great time. We all did at Dragon Con. Uh, we had a, pa- a tsunami panel uh, with her and Steve Bloom and Gil and myself, and we had a blast. It was a really good panel, I think, for uh, at least people who love tsunami. Yeah. Uh, we we do. We premiered uh, episode one of Countdown for just the people in the room. Our next Tom and Sarah adventure, and we also showed uh, and we also just answered questions and. Um, talk to fans. So Dana, meanwhile, had a huge four days of Dragon Con time because she is a major Dragon Con sort of lover, cosplayer, and spends a lot of her time there. She was on a shit ton of panels. And she was on a lot of panels, and she did a game show. She had all kinds of stuff. So this is her report of her and Steve's time at Dragon Con, and, and also leading up to it, they read in the booth together oh, for that's the true. first time. This is we're calling. We're just going to call it Dana Con because it's a whole bunch of Dana goodness. Hello, everybody. This is Dana Swanson reporting live about DanaCon, which is basically just the title I give things when I go to conventions. So one of my favorite conventions is my hometown convention of DragonCon. It's one of the first ones I ever got to go to. Uh, There's actually a lot more dragons than there used to be at DragonCon, so it's a lot more fun. It's also just like cosplay Armageddon, so it's great. This was the first time that Steve Bloom had come to Dragon Con, and it was also the first time that we got to record in a booth together. Like we record in separate booths and then the the voices are merged in Brent's machine, but this time we actually got to share a microphone. Ah! We're on camera. We're on camera. I didn't know this was gonna be on camera. camera. It's terrifying. We recorded this DragonCon open and I forgot how much fun opens are because it gives us a chance to have a bit of that banter and back and forth. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. They want us to come to Atlanta in August? No, it's September 1st, so I think we should be okay. We're gonna be okay in like a thousand percent humidity? I will be. I'm made of light and can't rust. Well, I can, but I guess there are worse fates. All those people will be waiting for us. What's the robot version of talcum powder? Mm, Tungsten? Let's roll. Steve is uh, one of the coolest people I've probably ever met. And it was so sweet of him to uh, want to record that with me. Yo. Hi. I feel pretty. You're so beautiful. I'm so pretty. Here at William Street. This was the first time I got to record with Steve in person. Oh my God, we wrecked that booth. We also recorded a game review. I love getting to do game reviews. Um, oh, okay. I mean, I'd say Blades of the Shogun, uh, Edo, or uh, actually Edo. 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 Real-time strategy game. I'm playing Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun, an Edo period real-time strategy game. Oh, I remember this. It was a PC game last year, right? Yeah, and it's just come out for consoles. How did that port over go? Eh, the camera's a little wonky and so are the controls, but the game is super fun. So in this installment of DanaCon, I'm just talking about Toonami. You'll get some more next week. We got to do the Toonami panel. It was a success. It ruled. It, if you Maybe you watched it on the live stream on adultswim.com. Maybe you watched it on our Facebook Live. I have a, I I have a quick uh, Facebook question. <laughs> yeah. And this is a short one, but it's a dramatic reading. Um, I would like to, for you to imagine uh, stock footage of someone with a headache, stock footage of uh, rain clouds, and maybe another person in a robe sad. Okay, here we go. Okay. You guys once said you'd work on a promo for Naruto Shippuden, but that never happened. <laughs> is that still a possibility? Yes. Or is it too late? Yes. It's never so too the, late. So the sun breaks through the clouds, yes. the person takes off the robe, goes running in a field. It's never too late. Thank you. It was a great panel. Uh, I wore a cape because I was at a costume shop beforehand and realized I forgot a coat, so I bought a cape. <laughs> I couldn't go back home. I want to give a big shout out to 
the entire streaming team who made that happen. Normally at conventions like this, you don't have much time to get in, set up your tech, make sure it works and get out. So uh, I don't know how they did it, but they made sure that we went on. Pretty awesome. Once again, I also want to thank you guys for bringing the channel back up from what I consider the dark days of that, like post 2006. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you, you guys brought it back. Round of applause for all of you yeah. guys. We wouldn't be here without you. I mean, for real. You fans are amazing. Like, so many good questions, so much good interaction. And I was a little sad because I was supposed to meet my friend Ty, who has been a longtime Toonami fan and a fan of my old band. Uh, and he actually told a friend to go see the panel and we were able to FaceTime. So that was huge for me. Like it was so nice to meet somebody that I've had this like internet friendship with for a long time. So this is part one of two of my Dragon Con experience. Stay tuned next week. I'm gonna be talking about even more dumb stuff. I was on a whole lot of panels, saw a whole lot of cosplay. I won a dragon and I talked about wordplay. Maybe I'll even show you my costume. I have no idea if I'm allowed to or not. Anyway, back to you, Shasson and you. Dana's always good for a, a con. In. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, up next we have some music. Uh, we have this week's Adult Swim single. The end. The end. Uh, this week's Adult Swim single, which is the uh, from the band Super Unison, who I like a lot. Um, female-led kind of punk rock group. Uh, this is the song Orchids. It premiered on Wednesday. Uh, you can get it at adultswim.com slash singles, along with the other 20-some-odd weeks of songs, and we're going again all year, so it'll be 52 straight weeks of songs. Um, so let's uh, check out Orchids by Super Unison. That's it. I mean, pretty ro- solid robots, families, Dragon Balls, music, conventions. Dana, I mean, what else do you want? We've 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 given it all to you. Hopefully, so. you want all this again because yeah. I think it's. We'll be back next week. We're yeah. going to talk about some other shit. We don't know yet though what it's going to be. Right? TBD. TBD. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Tsunami every Saturday night from eleven to three thirty.